We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. How do people mispronounce your name, Mike Shope? How do they do it? What's what's the most common one, mispronunciation? Shop. Drop. Shop. It's the, it's the only way. I mean, that's what it should be. Why well, should it be that? That's what I usually get. So you're talking you know. to a Sislowski, someone whose name was mispronounced by every elementary teacher. No one can get it. Yeah. I'm, the, I'm the guy who bugs the other industry guys when they can't say names like Oconquo. Come on, just look at it. <laughs> right. You know whose you know? name? You know whose name I, I keep getting tripped up on is uh, Israel Abanacanda. I think that's the first time I've ever said it right. I keep calling him so, Izzy A because I'm copping out. Well. I think you got it. (laughs) You inspired me. I felt the pressure to get it right. But something else that I think that we can do today is I I really it's so this is dynasty startup season, Mike. And there's, you know, I'm done four or five startups already this year. I'm in in a ton of existing leagues. And you don't even need to be in that many to understand that. Everyone, you hear it all the time on social media. It's like everyone's rebuilding. I'm two years away from competing. And that's nonsense. One, it's because four or five teams are always rebuilding. They're in perpetual rebuild. So what I'm saying is if you're stuck in eighth place, in ninth place, in 10th place, I want to give people a few suggestions today how they can get right back into the fantasy playoffs within a year, maybe that exact year. Does that sound like a a worthwhile activity? Yes, because it's a tough tough task. Uh, You know, people get married to their picks. We just had a year where... Like you were supposed to protect your 2023 draft picks. And then we got through the NFL draft and nobody wanted to pick any lower than like 104. Right. So, I mean, I'm guilty of it. It's a weakness of mine because I, I just love draft picks. And if my team isn't, you know, if there are three teams in a 12 team league that I think are clearly better than mine, sort of like, okay, well, let's, what can we do toward the future? Um, and I, I also realized that fantasy playoffs are very random and, getting in should be worth more than I tend to treat it as. So, I mean, I think this is a good idea for a discussion because it's not easy to figure out what the moves are to get, you know, to get back, you know, to the top. And you said something also interesting is that in addition, it fan, the reason fantasy football is the most popular fantasy sport, Mike, is because it's there is an element of like luck variance like you know any bob from accounting can play and compete in your 12 team league you know it's and especially when you get into the fantasy playoffs 
when you just have to win a couple games, you know, your superstars dud out, some crazy sleeper that you're forced to start can go off. So um, I think that, you know, that's a, that'll be the starting point for our discussion. And I loved what you said about the draft picks and that a lot of people, you know, it, I've heard it already. I've heard, get your 2024 picks, right? Yeah. Trade these in. Uh, but we're going to get there next year, and of course it's going to be top heavy. I mean, there was a time where Joe Burrow was it was tank for Tua, and then Joe Burrow emerged as the number one overall, you know, quarterback in that class. So, I guess really, let's start with the quarterback position, right? Yep. I think our first tip should be: why don't we lean into players that have depressed values that we already know are proven, and that leads me to Kyler Murray. Nobody wants Kyler Murray this year. What do you think, Kyler? is as a fantasy asset this year does he play next year is this someone that we should lean into while the price is depressed i think so the, the key thing for me is that he's he's paid so a lot of people seem for some reason you know even within his own organization to be negative toward him that there's been there was a lot of that last year but he has a contract he's going to play for somebody if he doesn't play for arizona that might even be good after this year i think this year for them how it what, what it looks like to me, and I think maybe to many, is that their incentive is to is to bottom out. He probably shouldn't be ready for the start of the season. You know the type of player he is. I mean, at least that'll be mitigated, whereas running, who knows if it comes back, right? Like you see Dak Prescott, who stopped running after he broke his ankle, pretty much. So, um, yeah, I think Murray is a, is a good play for somebody – thinking 2024 and beyond, but I don't expect him to be relevant really at all this year. Could happen. I mean, in best ball drafts, I've taken some of them just in case, you know, those important to those playoff weeks, uh, you might see him then. But I think Arizona is probably really going to be terrible, and they should go slow with him. What do, you, what do you think Arizona will do if they get the number one overall pick? They're supposed to be a couple <laughs> – if they get a couple all-timers. You talked about the contract for Murray, and we're going to tie this back to what you should be doing in Dynasty in a moment, but – if you're running the Arizona Cardinals and you have Kyler Murray, and let's say he, he didn't play at all this year. Let's say like he was ready, but they were already out of it. Now you have two top five picks. Let's say they have pick one and four. I mean, they're going to seriously think about it. They already have a history, this this franchise, of getting rid of their top ten quarterback. for. That's how uh, they got uh, Murray. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Well, so. I mean, we just had this with Chicago, too. I mean, Chicago, they could trade Justin Fields or they could draft – someone new like a young or a Stroud, but Murray has the contract. That, that'll be the key thing in terms of what kind of trade value he might have. I mean, there's again, like there's just this sort of weird negativity about him, but only takes one. And I think that just like in fantasy, Alan, I mean, the, the optimal thing would be to consider the option of drafting a replacement for him. You know, Caleb Williams would be the name probably and moving on, but they'd have to get, They'd have to get right in the trade uh, to do that. And if it ends up being that he's still there, you know, somebody will do great in terms of a draft pick or a trade traded pick like the Bears, you know, very similar maybe to where Chicago looks, how they look now. Yeah, and, and that's going to be our first, this whole conversation around Kyler Murray is our first tip on how to fix that dynasty roster quickly. Uh, whoever has Kyler Murray, and especially there's teams in my dynasty leagues, Mike, that are have Murray in like these super flex leagues where there's two quarterbacks and Murray's one of their quarterbacks and they don't have another quarterback. I mean, they had Tom Brady retire off their roster. They're not sure if Matt Stafford's going to come back. So these, this is when these 
top 10-ish fantasy quarterbacks are buyable. For I mean, on a much higher level, I mean, in the startup drafts, Pat Mahomes was going as like the fourth or third quarterback behind Justin Herbert. And that might not seem like a buy opportunity, but it was. And in past years, there's so many of these things where, you know, you could easily see Kyler Murray. I mean, if he was perfectly healthy, he'd be a top eight fantasy quarterback, probably a top six. I mean, you know, depending on your flavor for and, and what you think of him. But um, buying injured players in general, I think, is a is a good way to fix your dynasty roster within a year. Too. I, I think Murray probably was five or six overall in the Superflex startup last year. I, I was very much into him last year, and it was just a, a weird season. But sure, you know, you'll get the occasional like Cam Akers when he, he tore his Achilles uh, in the middle of the offseason. You get those occasional moments where there are those opportunities to uh, invest in guys like that. So I think it's a good strategy for sure. The, the dynasty startup scene in Superflex – is the just cult. crazy. Wait, wait. And, Not the scene. It's a cult. Yeah. Well, the, the quarterback. Yes. Uh, I'm in, Adam Krautwurst and I are in the like the sixth round of a startup right now at FFPC, and nine quarterbacks in the first round. It's it's exciting to be the guy that doesn't do that. Right. And because then you're, you've got Jefferson and Bijan or something by by the second round, and you figure out what to do. What's but your quarterback also, plan then, Mike? If you if you go if you're one stressful. of those teams. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> what is so give like if you're in this if you've gone receiver, receiver, running back, or some combination, let's say you've even sprinkled the tight end, you're in round six, you have no quarterbacks. Is it like the Geno or are you going old man with Stafford? Like, what do you advise people to do if this is their situation? I think you know, you you might end up having to be a team that gets to the veterans. Um, quarterback, and then after that, with with a start like Jefferson and Robinson, you can kind of go either way. But I do not like punting the first year because I think not beyond quarterback, but including quarterback, that the value is in guys like Nick Chubb or somebody like that. You know, Cup guys who've been in the league six to eight years, but still are highly productive. And you know, I want to trust my ability to over time get you know younger and make those kind of make that kind of transition but i don't like walking into a startup and punting year one so matt yeah. stafford Kirk cousins guys like that maybe i want to have you know maybe a lance makes sense he's the next guy like on my that. list he's the next guy you know? on my list should should dynasty drafters who are trying to repair their roster in one year lance i mean in the beginning of startup season mike he was q he was going in the second round now he's qb 18 i mean right you can get, I'm in a startup right now in round seven. Nobody's even, like, he keeps getting pushed down the board. Is that a, another player that can help? I mean, is those the type of swings that you're willing to take? I will take a chance on him only at the right price. And I, I should say that that's because I was heavily into him when he came out. Like, that's, uh, my portfolio happens to have a lot of stuck Trey Lance shares. And he doesn't have that contract. And he is, of course, at a real risk of having to go to a new team. Mm. And that doesn't work very often. Like some, if somebody else will maybe trade for him on the cheap and not be as committed, not be as sort of hot committed as the 49ers should have been, or most teams are when it comes to uh, high draft pick quarterbacks. It's just been a weird one that he hasn't really had a chance yet. He did get hurt last year. I think that that sort of gets ignored. Was the common narrative is that they don't like him, 
And maybe that's true too. That's how they usually sound, but he did. He was their starting quarterback last year and broke his ankle and, and lost the year that way. So it's risky because he might not get a shot in San Francisco. And if he ends up going somewhere else, then you have to wonder how long, you know, they'll, they'll get what kind of a chance they'll give him. Man, though, it's been been frustrating to have a lot of him, and you just don't know what to do. Like, you can't really sell him unless you get somebody that's just maybe the guy you're talking about at the beginning of our conversation that is looking for ways to set themselves up better off in the next couple of years. I'm here with Mike Shope, and you follow him at DeepEndFF1, right? That's that's your Twitter handle, Mike? I'm at Shope Talk. I didn't write it up there. S-C-H-O-P-P-T-A-L-K. Deep End is my podcast with Adam Crowhurst. All right, so that's the let people know that. about that real quick because I that's it's become quickly appointment viewing for me. So let everybody know, uh, yeah, where, when and where that is. Yeah, we're on the Player Profiler Network. Uh, we shoot for Tuesday nights. Sometimes, you know, his kids have soccer and I've got something else, so we move around a little bit. But normal time is Tuesday night at nine Eastern. Actually, this weekend we've kind of had a tradition of drafting. The Fantasy Pros Championship, it's now known as at the FFPC, drafting teams there. So we're going to do like a doubleheader, two drafts Sunday night. They're still, they still have openings in them, 8.30 and 10 Eastern, and that'll air on Monday afternoon. Um, we've got Mike Leone, Darren Armani from Fantasy Mojo, Theo Greminger is going to draft. That'll be uh, Sunday night to air Monday. All right. Sounds good. Um, good group right there to draft with. All right. We're talking about ways to repair your dynasty roster. And I, I think I, I don't want to leave this topic of leaning into uncertainty. You talked about cam Akers earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's still a lot, you know, he's a value. I, I took him in like the fifth round of our dynasty startup that I'm in right now. People thought that was reachy. I'm like, wow, it seems like a value to me, given how he finished the year. How about Javante Williams? There, there's a lot of mm-hmm. you know, what I call stinky cheese on him right now, right? I mean, nobody nobody wants Javante, or if they get him, he's, his price is depressed. Um, you know, thinking about how J.K. Dobbins' performance was last year, I'm, I'm not expecting a great season from Javante, but if you were in on Javante before, Sean Payton, the coach now of Denver, is this a player that we should be leaning into as a way to repair our dynasty roster within a full season? And then, uh, Mike, I, you know, the, you're, uh, this is just a technical thing. Your um, camera is shaking. I think um, it's because your hands are probably on the table or oh. something like that. So, oh, yeah. Thanks was, for someone, someone commented that they were getting dizzy. So I just – Oh, uh, no. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> You know, by the way, it was called Mike is a professional radio guy. I feel silly giving him advice because he is the voice of uh, what's the name of your station in Buffalo? WGR, but I'm not on camera very often. So that has been that's a transition for sure. Yeah, well, well, Mike's Mike's handsome. You see, I you know they look at me, and I actually have the you know the the radio as they say the voice for radio. But you uh you actually have that real announcer voice that. You know, this is a compliment, a yuck, yuck radio voice. Like, because, <laughs> but it's like, you have this, you know, I, nobody likes the sound of their own voice. Mike, you must love it. You must sit there. No. And you don't. No, Even I'm, a pro no like you? That. Explain I, that. I mean, I understand that I, I think I sound good, but no, I don't like the sound of my own voice any more <laughs> than anybody else. Uh, <laughs> uh, so no. Can, yep. So Javante Williams, yep. can I say first, I'm not, I've never been in on Javante Williams. You want to know why? I do. Mario. Mario. So, like, what I, I am not the, the sort to, like, player takes are really not my thing. My, my, my way is to sort of defer. And people that have just 
crushed film and really know the game on an expert level, I want to know what they think. And then I'll take my cues. And so, as I'm sure you're aware, Mario Puig of has been of Rotowire yeah. has been very negative toward Javante Williams like the whole time. <laughs> and what I do is I sort of certain players make me think of certain analysts. And so Javante Williams for me is always like Mario, right? And so so many people were so excited about him that it was easy for me to just not have any shares because right. like Mario. So um doesn't mean it's right, but that's just to preface you my answer to your question, like what to do with him. But you just said something that I think is an underrated thing in fantasy. It's that we all, and you know, we all is the proverbial we. We all think that we, you know, we know these players. We know how they're going to perform. And then nobody, and again, straw man argument, thinks that their take is going to be wrong. Like I, the the where I've strengthened my game, my player take sort of thing, is that I accept that I could be wrong and that what happens if I am? And for example... I'm big on Rashad White this year, especially where he's going, pass catching. But what happens if, you know, this offseason, Zeke, Leonard Fournette, Kareem Hunt signed there? Oops. You know, I'm drafting him like he's going to be this workhorse back that catches passes. And again, that's just situational take. That's not like skill take, but it's a, a similar thing. And maybe that's our next area where we could talk about ways to repair your roster is fade yourself in a way, right? What? Is, yes. What, yeah. I'm sorry. I mean, right. Yeah, I, I still want to talk about Javante if you do. Yeah, but keep I, going. Like, keep going. no, I, you don't want to be married to anything. I mean, I'm in too many leagues, and you always have guys that want to tell you who's available. And I always think the same thing, which is why isn't everybody always available? I mean, you're not going to get you never be married in fantasy football. Just you're always you're always and in real life uh, and in real life. <laughs> you, you know, you're always a player, and you're you're just not. Uh, there's no reason to be married to pick sort of players. Everybody's available always. You know, um, Devontae Williams, so sure, like he fits in the bucket where you're talking about guys coming off injuries. What, what the lesson I think on him has been this year is just always remember how far away the season is. Like the first reports on Williams were ominous. And then this week, maybe even like yesterday he was on the field and like, Oh, that, he looks good. So we're okay. We're back to Javante Williams, you know, it's still so far off uh, Williams and a couple guys just kind of get lost because I don't know, we're bored. We assume they're going to be hurt. We know the ACL history and it doesn't always turn out that way. So you get to a point in the middle of these drafts where you might as well take a shot. Yeah. I mean, that, that's exactly. You know what? I'm. I'm. This was a glass of or a bucket of cold water on the Javante Williams buy buy low thing, right? Because you hear it all the time. You know, you hear um, buy low on this player. It's like, wait a second. But no one's really selling him low. They're selling someone like Javante at retail cost, at sticker cost. The time, and that's what I think the next tip is here to how to repair your dynasty rosters. Also, be aware of the dynasty calendar. You know when you'll be able to quote buy low on this injured player is when the game start and that player is not playing yet. Like Brees Hall, for example, would be our next guy, right? Brees Hall, everyone loves Brees Hall. He was probably the RB one before he got hurt in dynasty. There was going to be a good argument for that. I mean, he still goes pretty high, right? I still see in dynasty startups. He's, he's still the second through fifth running back taken depending on your flavor. But if you want someone like that, when the game start, it's week two and the team that took him in the second round is, Oh, and two, 
that's the time to strike and build your roster and rebuild it for uh, uh, within the season. Yeah, he'll be interesting because the Jets, in terms of like talking about Javante Williams and how they sound, what, how have the Jets sounded? Always very confident and positive that he'll be ready. But what have been their actions? You know, they, they drafted a Batacanda. They were supposedly in on Gibbs in the first round. So, like, they haven't acted so much like they're confident. And he's kind of been the reverse of Javante Williams because lately, now we're starting to hear a little bit of caution about Brees Hall. You know, running backs are, like, so key in, in Dynasty because, like, if you're at the bottom, you kind of want to trade them all. <laughs> I mean, when you think about the lifespan and – when am I going to be good? I mean, not necessarily Brees Hall or Bijan, who are so young, but anybody. You talk about like the Joe Bar- Mixon types, the tw- the Najee Harris types that are 25, Barkley, 26. Barkley. Barkley, Eckler, you know, pa- these even guys. Even Pollard. Even Pollard. Even Pollard. I think Pollard is one where now would be a time to sell because, like, sky's the limit, right? No one else is there, and everybody loves Tony Pollard. But they probably also have someone else, whether it's on somebody on the roster now or, or yet to be, Elliot, uh, playing a role. So, yeah, like some guys like him, I think he's maybe a really good example of, you know, trading now versus other guys you want to sort of let the season start and see what you have. Like James Cook in Buffalo, um, right now he's like a mid – what is he, seventh or eighth round, somewhere in there? Something like like R, RB like 16-ish to 20, somewhere in there, that range. Yeah, and we don't – why? Because we don't know just exactly how big his role will be. Season starts, it's probably a great offense, and if his role is outstanding, then he's worth a lot more. So some guys make sense to trade him in the offseason, and others are better, you know, you're better off waiting until the season gets going and you learn new information. Another – key thing I think that dynasty managers could do to fix that roster very quickly is look at how a player's full season stats compare to how they finish the season. That's one of my favorite things to do is look mm-hmm. at someone, how they finished the last eight weeks, 10, uh, six weeks. And for example, and this is, uh, I'm so curious on how, you know, what you're thinking, someone like Christian Watson, right? He is being treated very differently than the other second wide second year wide receivers that produced like uh, Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson, those guys are top five, top six dynasty wide receivers. Christian Watson is probably you know fifteen to eighteen, um, but yet you know when I look at w- when Christian Watson was inserted into the starting lineup full time around week ten, those last eight weeks he was wide receiver nine. That's a top ten wide receiver. So is is this another way we can supercharge our rosters quickly by targeting someone like that who the market has not yet put in that tier one bucket that could be there the following year? I mean, it's certainly logical to think when you have a rookie at any position, maybe you you want to do what you said, give more weight to the end of the season because you'd expect there to be a transition. A lot of guys, you know, the Coaches want to take them slow. Who knows what they look like? It's just that it, that kind of thing happens a lot. But there's also so much else to consider. You know, um, of course, the quarterback change in terms of Watson, what that means. Very explosive uh, player for sure. But there's also, like, strength of opponent. You know, we back to Akers, if I might, for a second. Like, Akers is an interesting player to talk about because he had such a – strange season he was away from the team and then he came back 
and he became huge in the fantasy playoffs. And like, oh, look at how he ended his season. Well, he, he got a coach fired in Nate Hackett in a game against the Denver team that, you know, proverbially had, had run for the bus. So there's so much to consider, too. Who are those games against? Sometimes even weather can mess with statistics and performance. But, uh, yeah, it's certainly a logical and a, and a good thought to, especially with rookies, see where it ended up. And then, you know, as many constants as there are in a situation, is the quarterback the same, other other talent on the team, right. coaching staff, then That's, you can make a, a firmer prediction. Yeah, I, I want to hit this point about coaching because I think that's what you bring up there is another way we could fix our dynasty roster quickly by recognizing those situations but I don't want to let go of this Christian Watson thing for a second because this is the most dynasty question and I like because I have the same philosophy that you do is that I don't like I have player takes some of my observations and stuff but you know I'm not going to be like oh this is definitely this like I'm open to being wrong and the alternative and all that stuff but Christian Watson like in redraft, Cooper Cup is going to go in the first round of single quarterback leagues. Christian Watson's like a fifth or sixth round pick, something like that. But in dynasty, I've had to make this decision when on the clock, Christian Watson or Cooper Cup. And there's no right. wrong answer here. It just depends on what kind of a bet you want to make. What do you, you know, given that you just need your second wide receiver, who you take him when you're on the clock in a dynasty format? I mean... I, I want to definitely answer this question. I'm also looking at this startup we're doing where Cooper was wide receiver 18 and Watson was 20. So it's really close. That's, that's my but, point. It's like, it's the right cop, there. The cop out answer is like, well, what else, who else do I have? You know, like if I have a team, if I've drafted one of these older running backs we've talked about, then I think it's cup. Then I think I'm trying to win. I would be more the style to take the guy uh, who's older, because like I said, I don't like, not that Watson does this for you, but giving away seasons, you know, the, the, the rookies who were drafted in Zay flowers or somebody drafted in the first round this year. I think I, I think I want to sort of, I, I, it's kind of the opposite of how I am usually in redraft where I am afraid of the age model robbing me of my, you know, my glory. I never draft Henry. I never, never draft these older guys. And, you know, I've been burned because obviously sometimes they, outlast what you think is going to happen with their career. But in Dynasty, I think I, I think the value for me peers the other way, where give me the guy who's older because more, more and more players just want to build around youth. Yeah, that's a good point. I just want to take a, a quick break here, Mike, and tell everyone about Circus Sports. Have you been out to Circus Sports uh, yes. uh, Casino? Yeah, I mean, just – in a couple words, just because they're a sponsor of this podcast, I'm about to tell you something that they're doing right now, a contest, but just if you were to pitch it to somebody right now, hey, I'm thinking about going, so Mike, I'm, I want to stay somewhere in Las Vegas. You know me, I love sports, but I mean, why should I say it's Circa Sports? I mean, it's everything, right? I have not stayed there, but I've been there, been, and it's there. just, it's spectacular. Um, what do you think the best hot. part about it is? What's the best part? <laughs> Jeez, I don't know. Cool. The pool is, the, uh, that's what I'm saying, the swim-up pool. See, that comes to mind. I mean, you yeah. could swim up and play blackjack in the pool. They have, like, the waterproof chips. They have the, the sickest sports book. Uh, but, Mike, what they're doing is the ultimate fantasy football draft can only take place in Las Vegas Circa Resort and Casino, and they want to bring your whole league, Mike, to Vegas for the ultimate draft experience giveaway. Bring your 12-person league for a two-night stay at Circa Resort and have a draft at the cabana at the stadium swim-up. Plus... Yeah. Limo transportation to and from the airport, welcome party at the Legacy Club, 
uh, at a booth at the world's largest sports book, a prize package worth over 8000 bucks. There's no better place to draft than Circa. You have to be 21 or older. Go to CircaLasVegas.com for more information. And there's a link in the video description or audio description if you're listening to this. Now, I have told every single one of my league members to enter this. I mean, come on. This is the, the it, this is what you always talk about. And I know everyone has lives, but if they're going to do some sort of special thing, um, we'll, we'll convince at least eight of our 12 league members to show up. And the other ones will just draft on Zoom or something. So, uh, Does so it have a set date? Does it have a set date, this contest? That, um, uh, it's probably draft? running until my – again, I, I, you have to click on that for more information. But okay. my guess is that they're running it until, you know, whenever it goes. And then uh, I'm sure they'll work with your league. They'll give you some options because they're, you know, they're going to have more than one winner, uh, apparently. So uh, they'll mm-hmm. work all that out. Yeah. And I mean, you know, we always talk about getting together. That's like a thing. You, you remember the days of like getting your league together, man. I mean, that was, there was nothing better. It's just not going to happen anymore for most situations. Mm-hmm. Or or do you guys still get together with like your home league? We do okay. I mean, it be easier. But now everybody's got families, so it's a little bit more complicated. I, I've been out to Vegas. I'll be there again for the opening night game. I've been out there the last couple of years for that, for FFPC stuff. And I drafted the, the Bare Knuckle, which is a 28-round, 12-team draft that's held right after the opening night game. Nice. And you can't use your phone or any notes. It's, <laughs> all, from, it. it's all from memory. Yeah, I got the cheat so, sheet in my head at this point. You know, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, yeah no, that's tough though. That's really tough. I love again, that. Again, by the just by the way, Acres is another here he is again. Like last year, remember opening night, he did nothing. And so I go into the <laughs> the the ballroom for the bare knuckle challenge draft, and I I drafted him in the ninth round, I think. Because the opening night game counts. Like, yes. Part of the season. And um, yeah, that's one thing that happened last year, but that is really a, a tough one. Yeah, no, I could imagine. I think by the time August rolls around, I, I basically have memorized the default rankings on Sleeper, FFPC, NFFC, all of them. So uh, yeah. it's just in that, by the way, I'm not saying that proudly. I think that that's a, a, <laughs> a sickness that I have. Uh, right, well, you talk- should come out. I mean, you get 30 seconds to t- go 28 rounds. You got to know all the kickers. Like, it's it's a good chance. Oh, it's not even team kickers? I got to know the the, no. the actual kicker names? Yes, all right, I better draft Justin Tucker a little early. Just to That's make right. Sure. <laughs> That's right. That's a good, good strategy. What do you think about kickers in Dynasty? Yes or no? That's like, a, you know, there's, there's, that's basically like arguing the Sunnis versus the Shias. Like, that's a, a, an argument with vitriol attached to it. I like kickers in fantasy in general because it's just a little bit way, a little bit of another way you can get an edge if you're willing to do the work and you're sort of on it. Streaming kickers, I think, is good. People who complain about the randomness of it. There's a lot of randomness in every position and all in the whole thing. So I like having kickers in leagues. Dynasty is where I think, you know, it's not as interesting because well, you're yeah. streaming, like you want to, what are you, you going to just all the time through the off season or anything like that? No, I, I don't think you need it so much in Dynasty. Yeah, the reason that, you know, I just had this argument with a, a friend of mine and he he talked about like, he, he wants kickers. I do not want kickers. And the reason is not because, and he goes, well, you think they're random. He said the same argument that you did. You think that kickers are random that sure they are, but Justin Tucker's not random, right? I mean, we know that he's a lock to finish as a top five kicker. And if you knew, like, let's say I told you that you, uh, who the number one kicker was going to be this year. Like I just, I time machined it. It was going to be, you know, um, Brandon McManus. I don't even know if he's in the league anymore. He just got traded. 
<laughs> or he just was released by Denver and signed by Jacksonville. Okay, so, so uh, perfect. So what if you say if I told you and you only, Mike, that you knew that Brandon McManus was the number one kicker in 2023, you have this information, no one else does, where would you draft him? Round what? 13. Right. And you know what? Right, okay, because no one's going to suspect that. And that's my point is like, I was going to say round 10 just to make sure. Like, you don't even need to do that. But if I knew I had the number one kicker, but the point is the same, is that um, the, the kicker makes a difference. The fact that we don't know which one it is generally other than Justin Tucker, that's why they go at the end of, the, of drafts. And, you know, I said before how I associate certain players and points with certain analysts. This point for me is Chris Liss. There you go. Because Another he would he would one. make this – Yes, he would make that argument that there, it's not as random as you think or it's not as random as defense, which I believe is correct. So, um, yeah, there's def- there's value in it. Yeah, the, the reason that the defense is random is because the, the, the fumble six touchdown, the pick six touchdowns, that type of stuff. Yeah, and you're going to stream, I mean, cut several of your late round guys at skill positions too. Like, yep. there'll be injuries and, you know, you got to do stuff, so – the last five or six rounds of these drafts, I, I sort of prepare for who's somebody I can get rid of. I don't want to have a backup quarterback that I'm saving for a bye week or something. Like, I've got to have guys that I know I can move on from easily because you're going to want to be on the wire. I, I, I just want to underline what you just said. I'm going to basically repeat it, but I want to just so the audience understands because Mike just brought up something. And again, this is we talked about fixing your dynasty roster. This is a, a universal tip right here is that you want roster fluidity at the end of your draft. And if you take a, your your favorite sleeper in round 12, you're going to be less likely to cut bait when you should. So let's. So if you take your kicker in the 12th or 13th round and you have your favorite sleepers, uh, you know, in round 15, 16 in a typical home league draft, you're going to cut those guys in round two when when the wide receiver that emerges or the running back that emerges. So it's psychologically, it helps you. Um, again, if you're going to uh, uh, pay up for a kicker, I, I love that right there. And I think that's a, a very good tip in Dynasty 2, uh, which is a good way to fix your roster is – you know, before you cut, before you cut guys. Now, listen. No one wants your garbage, right? No, you know, you can't be putting um, Austin Hooper on the trade block and expect you're going to get anything for him. But keep that back of that roster fluid at all times because you need to speculate on running back threes on rosters. So if there is a running back three on a real NFL roster sitting on your waiver wire. I think that a good way to fix your roster quickly is to roster those guys. Get rid of your sixth and seventh wide receiver. And if and when those guys show a window, Mike, that's the time to cash them in for a second-round pick. I, I stupidly paid a second-round pick for Deion Jackson last year when oh, he yeah. had a 10-catch game. One thing that Dynasty is tricky here as opposed to redraft for this, so you want to have, in my opinion, big rosters, taxi squads, that kind of thing, IR spots, so you don't have – like you don't want to be, have be, be so crushed – with injuries and oh, geez, I need to win. I want to be in the game for this waivers player, whoever it is, but like you've got guys that you would cut in redraft, but in dynasty, they might have value. You know, the, the, the rookie running backs who got picked on Saturday, for example. So I think if you're setting up a league, then you want to make sure your rosters are big enough to accommodate that. Cause it's hard to cut. I don't want to have to cut Dwayne McBride, you know, at, but in the first month of the season, just he's not playing a lot or a Bonaconda or one of these other guys that I think are talented. Yeah. And okay. Sometimes you're going to end up with Darrington Evans on your roster, who he was a good fourth round running back and you hold, hold, then you cut. But 
if you pick up all these type of players that you're talking about, Dwayne McBride, the rookie that was uh, on Minnesota, or you know all these guys that are just end of the roster guys, you'll know pretty quickly. Um, not quick, but you'll have. Sorry, that's a bad way to phrase it. You'll have clarified times where you could use them. They'll say the Minnesota Vikings say McBride's our starter this week. You could basically pencil in twelve to fifteen touches. Where as if some wide receiver uh, gets the, the playing time because Justin Jefferson is missing a game. There's no guarantee that guy's getting Justin Jefferson's targets or even a piece right. of those. Right. No, that's huge. Like, I think you want to be uh, long on running backs on these rosters and shorter on on receivers. You know, day three receivers, like you said, that's the right point. Will they even produce? And, I mean, I think they're just very much more interchangeable in fantasy because of this this reason. So, um, yeah, I want to I have not necessarily a ton of these rookie Saturday F-pick guys at running back. But right now, there are the way this draft was, I mean, you might have 10 of those guys here. If more, Bigsby and the guys we mentioned already and Sean Tucker, the guys who weren't even drafted, Hull and Eric Gray, like one injury away or they really show in the preseason? Um, maybe. So that's what I'm trying to do in rookie drafts in Dynasty is get as many of those guys as I can afford. And I think this year... It's a great year for that. I mean, I want to be moving from like the, the top to the middle of the second round down to a couple of rounds from there and getting, you know, something else with it because I just don't think there's much of a difference between maybe Charbonnet who lands in Seattle and these other guys. Um, you know, you want to have some of everybody, I guess. Just um, this was really a, a good year for that. Um, there's a lot of these running backs. And then you also have other veterans who are aging out. And it could be a big, real transition year at that position in the league. You talked about Charbonnet. I think this is this ties back to how we could fix our dynasty rosters quickly. I mean, Kenneth Walker, on many credible dynasty rankings, my own included, before the NFL draft, I had him as my RB1. And again, it's not like, oh, my God, he's the clear-cut LaDainian Tomlinson RB1. It's like, no, he's just a young running back in dynasty, which is impossible to buy, 21-year-old running backs, unless you want to, you know, break into your 401K. But... You basically, if if Ken Walker is going to fall seven or eight RB spots, so that's like a two or three round difference given all the other positions that get drafted there. Yeah. Maybe he's the type of player we should be leaning into to fix our dynasty rosters quickly. Um, how are you juxtaposing like uh, Zach Charbonnet? And uh, I mean, nobody knows the answer, but what do you think is a good way to approach it from a mindset and dynasty perspective with him and Zach, uh, Zach Charbonnet? I'm totally with you on that because I think the, that some players tend to overreact to the landing spot and the talent is, is more bankable. So the guy's good. He's a, a draft capital investment too. Seattle is annoying because they just keep overlapping with these running backs. You saw last year, how valuable, how valuable Walker became when Penny got hurt. Mm. So uh, I like everything ab about him for this and maybe he's attainable in a way that Hall isn't or you know Bijan isn't so yeah Walker is a great idea for an acquisition because if, if somebody in your league is worried about how much he'll play saw him as a, a starter on a team that they mean to have win now and maybe, maybe they're worried about that yeah um that's you know we're sharing a mindset here we're not going to disagree on that one uh, the other one is like these 
older, when I say older, like 32-year-old quarterbacks. I mean, last year, Geno Smith was available on Superflex waiver wires. A couple yeah. of years ago, Ryan Tannehill, when he, you know, emerged with the Titans, the second, you know, the second part of his career. Um, so buying these guys at basically bargain, uh, bottom bargain prices. So there's a couple quarterbacks that it's going to seem ugly, Mike Show, but Baker Mayfield might be a starting quarterback with elite weapons from an NFL perspective on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He has Mike Evans. He has Chris Godwin, Rashad white. We talked about a moment ago as a, as a pass catching threat. I'm not saying you proactively go push your league mates out of the way, but is this a, a cheap way to fix the quarterback position when no one in your league is looking? Handy. It might be, I mean, um, hard to know who the player is going to be, but I think it's the right thought be open to it it could be mayfield it could be Tannehill again right <laughs> yes. like he, he he's still he's got the same status or or worse and he's still on tennessee you know it could be a jacoby Brissett, somebody mm-hmm. like that that um just emerges and produces like in Superflex, i think it's right to have some exposure to guys like that that, that get writ- written off if they're written off then they're more affordable and so, uh, sure, Darnold, even still in San Francisco, maybe there's Absolutely. a path for him. Let right? me ask you this, Mike. How, what's the under-over in Mike's uh, sports book for uh, starts for Sam Darnold in 2023? What would you set that number at? Uh, I, I'd see. I'm, I'm the book. You're the book. I would say, what, what, how many? What, uh, how? Let's do this a little uh, differently. I'm going to give you the number, and you tell me where you would bet. In Allen's sports books, I'm setting it at the number at four and a half. Under or I'm over starts? Under. For me, it's interesting, but my take is from what it sounds like to me is that Purdy is ready and that he, he starts and Lance is there. I don't think they should want to trade Lance because he's on a rookie deal and there's still that unknown. I, I think they should want to keep him. I would love to see them use him in packages, even if Brock Purdy is a starting quarterback. But I think the, the bet on the Darnold line comes down to whether you, you're buying that Purdy will be healthy. Because if he is, I have little doubt that he's the starter. Yeah, that's that's. I mean, this is a really. This is one of. If you were to write the uh, a book on the 2023 offseason and dynasty, Purdy versus Darnold versus Trey Lance deserves its own chapter, right? I mean, this is. It, it could be all three or all or none. I mean. We're talking now Lance is probably QB 18. We said Purdy goes even a little bit later than that. If we find out he's healthy, I'm sure he'll rise. And, you know, Sam Darnold is basically undrafted in, in best ball and in dynasty drafts. I mean, I, I think that he's probably the most valuable backup quarterbacks. In fact, we talked about as a way to fix your dynasty roster, rostering these Q, uh, running back twos and running back threes. I think a little bit of an underrated fix, a quick fix, is collecting these high-end backups in Superflex leagues, the Sam Darnolds. Who, who do you think are a couple of these other players? I mean, I picked up Cooper Rush again in a league where it's like super deep rosters, not because I think that he's good, but if he gets a start in week eight because Dak just has to miss a game or something, I mean, that's a player that you could turn into a third-round pick just because you picked him up off a, a third-round rookie pick because somebody needs a spot start from a quarterback. So who do you think are some of the other quarterbacks that are basically backups at this point that we might at some point want to think about getting his throw-ins or trades, picking off the waiver wire, or if you're in a startup draft, just taking him in the later rounds? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate 
isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, I, I have a, a fun answer to this question. I have one guy. I don't know all the backup quarterbacks. I mean, Tyler Huntley is always interesting for this with his running capabilities. You know, of course, Lance. Um, I probably could look at a grid of the league and come up with names, but I do Brissette. have a favorite. You said Brissette, Brissette. Which is a good one. I like that one you a know, lot. Just for like a floor play probably with him, but, you know, somebody that can get you points. Like you're still starting Brissett as a starting quarterback over receivers or running backs in uh, in Superflex. The name for me, I don't really have him on teams because it's too deep a dive, I guess. But the name for me for this is Jared Stidham in Ooh, Denver. I just drafted. Wait, you know what? Let me just. You make me feel so good. I just drafted Jared Stidham ten minutes before we went on in round twenty, whatever. Wow. Now he's on the Denver Broncos now, right? Let's hear it because I I, I got flame for the well, pick. So, because I'm with you, I'm with you. So, talk. What's the I, the Jared Stidham upside case? Easy. If Russell Wilson is terrible again, uh, then maybe he gets a chance, and I think he might be good. I mean, late in the year last year, if you ended up playing him for some reason with the Raiders, he just killed it. And I was kind of surprised that the Raiders didn't keep him after that. Maybe they they could have. I don't know, but. Too much of a threat I like it to Jimmy Denver. G, right? Too much. I mean, I mean was it, <laughs> do you even, you know, I we had this conversation. I didn't know the answer. I'm sure you're going to know. But if you don't, there's no embarrassment here. Mm-hmm. Who's the backup uh, quarterback for the Raiders right now as of time of this recording? I forgot. We just talked about this on the air a couple days ago. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you a hint. I'll it, give you a hint. It is a known hint. name. Yeah. Go ahead. So just keep in mind that Josh McDaniels, Patriots, is the Brian coach. Hoyer. So there you go. Brian Hoyer. We, we talked about this yesterday on WGR. And how his real name is Axel. And then, so why would his, why would he not go by Axel? You didn't ask for any of this, Alan, but he doesn't go by Axel. It's his dad's name. And they always meant for him to be called Brian, but he didn't want, like, that was his name growing up. But Axel is his given first name. And he tells a story about how he was made fun of in school when his teachers would call him Axel. And they had to send a note in to the teachers to tell them he goes by Brian and take him off hook. I think Axel's a cool name. Oh, way cooler. Way cooler. He's never, yeah. he's never gone by it. So, oh, wow. That was only yesterday. I had all this conversation on the air and I forgot again who the Raider backup is, but yep. And then of course they drafted the fourth round pick Aiden O'Connell. But point is, right. you know what the point is? Point is, I forgot what our point is. No, we're talking about Jared Stidham, uh, that he's a high end desirable backup. You want to roster because Right. Sean Payton, we know he's got a little DJAF to him. And if Russell Wilson, if they're one and three, two and four, three and five, and it's on Russ, I mean, we've seen Stidham flash. There'll be, you know, there'll they'll be a benching. 
And yes, we, I think so. Yeah, and that that's an offense. We want a Sean Payton offense. So, would, who do you prioritize? If you're, we're going deep into the dynasty uh, uh, trenches right now, if you were to prioritize yeah. one of those guys, Sam Darnold or, St- or Stidham, who do you think is more likely to have a fantasy impact? And which one of those guys would you roster if you could only roster one? I mean, it depends on your feelings about Wilson. Maybe Stidham, with there being two other guys in San Francisco. So I guess I would say that, but I'm not, I haven't been drafting him. You did. You did. Yeah. Well, it's a super um, deep league, you know, 30, yeah, yeah. 40 rounder. I'm in round 30. So somebody wrote Mike White. In yeah. The chat that's a, too, isn't that a good one? Isn't that a good, good one? one? I'll let you handle Mike White. I'll, I'll tag on, but um, you brought it simply, up. Simply, simply to his concussion history, right. And weapons in Miami, he was decent for the jets in his, in his uh, spot starts. And then last year throws the ball to the running back a lot. <laughs> if that, you know, means anything to you, but um, it's an interesting name. I am in on Tua because I'm, I'm buying that he's okay. You know, I'm not here. I'm not making a judgment on his long term or talking about the the dangerousness of the sport. But I do think you know he's got a different helmet. What did he do? Uh, Jujitsu or something to sort of he's he's bigger. Learn how like, to fall. You learn how to fall. right. So um, I'm not. Like I'm, there are people who are just avoiding him because they're worried that he's one hit away, and I'm not one of them. Right. Well, I don't think that any. Uh, these are the things that I think the narrative, and they're mostly true on Tua, is that no one thinks of Tua as like this elite Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, or Josh Allen talent. But what we do know is that even him being a C plus, a B minus quarterback is going to make him a top six, seven quarterback because of the weapons that he has. He's super accurate, right? And you know, the, the weapons, uh, Waddle and Tyreek will drag him to a top eight finish no matter what. The issue is, now, if he gets another concussion, I mean, it's career ender, sure, it's in play here, but the, just the, the public pressure to keep him out for six, eight games is a real thing. So I've been in startups where he goes in the second round. That's a little too risky for me, and that's where he would go if he was didn't have this concussion history. He just went in the fifth or sixth round at a startup I'm in now. I think that that squeezes all the risk out of it because of everything that you just said. Yeah, yeah, that sounds right. Um, and he was good. You said he was good last year when he was on the field, and that pressure we saw it manifest when it was the game against the Jets when he wasn't concussed, but he still didn't play. Like they had all this confusion after what happened in the game in the game in Cincinnati at, at Buffalo game before that. Just a lot of weirdness there. But um, yeah, I'm in on him. So, Gotta love the surrounding cast and everything. Coaching. Did we just identify another way to fix your roster? If somebody doesn't want, uh, let's say someone has Tua as their QB two, we agree that he could be elite for fantasy football. Do you go and try to offer, you know, Will Levis and a second rounder for him? Say, hey, man, you want out on Tua? Here you go. Try, you know, people like rookies. They like picks. I mean, that's a snap call from a price, right? You're going to give Will Levis or someone in that range, that QB 15 to 20 range with a pick for Tua, no problem. I would. He's young, too. Like 25. Yeah, like that's not a that's not a problem. He's five years older. Maybe that's different. But um I would. I like that idea a lot. And especially as long as your team's not terrible. If your team's terrible, then maybe you just sort of be patient and 
go with your rookies, but otherwise, yeah. Yeah, I don't know anything about terrible teams. All my teams are elite, Mike. They're all good. Yeah. Now, where would Mike White be? Let's say that Tua, you know, God forbid, just decides to, you know, retire, walk the earth, whatever, right? Where would Mike White, if he was named the starting quarterback, where would he be ranked in, uh, in just say, the seasonal rankings, and then we'll tie it back to Dynasty? QB what? I, I think still pretty low, maybe 24, no, somewhere in he, there. I think people would push him up. I think really be higher than that? Would you take him or Aaron Rodgers in in fantasy football? In like, dynasty? No, in just in a, a one season. Rodgers. Really? All I right. Mean, State yeah. the case for Rodgers then, because not even compared to Mike White, but this is an interesting weight on quarterback dynasty guy. That listen, if if Rodgers has a good showing, you'll be able to get more than he's probably worth right now, and that's a good way to fix your dynasty roster. So, why do you think Aaron Rodgers is going to be a good fantasy quarterback this year? I don't know if I think he's going to be good, but I think he shouldn't be terrible. You know, we're talking about a starter in super flex, right? Is he a starter in single? Maybe not. But, man, there's there's a lot to like there. And as bumpy as last year was and as easy as it's been to criticize him, he was the MVP of the NFL the prior two seasons, like bottom line. So maybe he's old now maybe he's terrible now i don't think an adjustment to a new team with an offense he's familiar with anyway is is really important he's got garrett wilson you know they've got a lot of talent and maybe a good line if they have that i guess that remains to be seen all, right. uh, all i'm saying all i'm saying is i would take him over over miami's backup but um yeah right, I, no. I feel like there there's a there's an upside case for rogers it wasn't miami's backup it was whoever the Miami starter is, but you're saying there's a significant yes. drop-off. Okay, well, again, these are real questions that dynasty managers are going to face, and the last uh, tip or so that I want to give dynasty managers a way to fix their roster, and you said it earlier, which sparked this thought, was identify which systems or coaching changes have happened and which players are undervalued. Um, what comes to mind right away is Baltimore. Uh, Lamar Jackson fell to me at pick 11 in a super flex startup draft, Mike. Wow. He was right. He should be, you know, right after the big three off the board, he should be being considered him or him or uh, Trevor Lawrence. Right. I mean, if you're not, if you're not a Burrow or Herbert person, if you want. So even in that tier. So is there anything that happened with Baltimore and all of their players? What do you expect from them? And is this a buying opportunity a way to fix our roster a little bit quicker? You know, I would, he'd be my quarterback for, uh, in, in over Burrow. Over, over Herbert? Burrow. Yes. Over, over Lawrence. I mean, he's has a potential to be the absolute most valuable player in the league. You he's know? already been. Um, he's, he's been the NFL MVP. Yeah, like we've seen – I'm not even sure that's the ceiling, what that was. I mean, he did lead the league in touchdown passes that year, but it still right. wasn't high yardage. And I've always been a believer in his passing talent. I've always resented sort of the, the trite – you know, sometimes even racist kind of criticisms he faces, in my opinion. I was a Heisman Trophy voter and voted for Jackson twice. <laughs> the year he won, and then the next year when Mayfield won, it was I thought he was I thought he was the best pocket passer in that draft. So anyway, I can I can go I can be biased. Like I can sort of get locked in on, on Jackson. You didn't know that by bringing this up. But um yeah, I mean I love the bull case for him this year with all the weapons and this coordinator. This coordinator sounds just perfect. For them, I think Indianapolis is, is too another team where you've got the coaching change, and mm. it's exciting to think about. I know with a rookie who's got a lot to prove himself in Richardson, what that can look like. But um, there's, no dis- there's no discount on Richardson, though, Mike. There's no discount there. You have to pay. No, 
Yeah, I mean, he was a first round pick in this startup I'm in too. Uh, he went oh, he's a first round, huh? Interesting. One twelve. Wow. Yeah. You know, it's in exciting. That, yeah, in best ball, you know, uh, Richardson's moved ahead in in seasonal ahead of Dak now. I mean, you have to take him in the yeah. eighth round, which, by the way, I'm all about it because in these single quarterback leagues, I think it's better to take swings on these guys because you can always pad them. You know, in your regular home league where there's 16 rounds. Aaron Rodgers, Ryan Tannehill, Derek Carr, all these guys are available on the waiver wire. So if you do miss on the high upside guys, sometimes they think like, oh, you don't want to, you, you want to take your upside shots at the end at quarterback. I think you want to take them earlier. So, you know. Yeah. And all these teams who drafted quarterbacks at the top sound ready to let those guys start right away. Not every that, day do they sound like that. Like Reich is doing everybody, you know, who is it? Uh, in Carolina, so, Dalton. Bryce. Oh yeah, Andy Dalton's the backup, right? Yeah, like he's got to. The, the coaches have to put up a front. Sometimes they actually mean it. Where the veteran Minshew in Indianapolis, you know, working with the ones, that kind of thing. But when they drafted these quarterbacks, they all sounded good to me for week one starter status. Which um, you know, you don't know that on Richardson yet, but I'm optimistic for him to start week one, and that would just be it would just go a, a huge step toward justifying that that draft position. Yeah, man, I, I think that uh, we've given the people some great tips on how to fix those dynasty rosters quickly. If you have any questions about any of the, the tactics or the players we talked about, you could tweet at us directly. I'm at Alan Soslowski. Mike, give your uh, your Twitter handle. Uh, at Shope Talk, which is my last name, S-C-H-O-P-P-T-A-L-K. And it's in at the video Deep description End. and audio description below. Okay, great. And that Deep End uh, Fantasy Football Podcast, which I do with Adam Krautwurst, that handle is on the screen if you're watching. Deep End FF1. All right. And uh, for the last few minutes here, I just have a couple questions for you. What? Um, so you, you're, you're on the radio, the traditional radio in Buffalo. What, how long have you been doing that? What's, um, what's your like, history in radio and in, in sports specifically? Yeah, it's a long time now. Uh, I started at my current station, WGR flagship station bills and sabers in 2002 i've been on afternoon drive with the bulldog chris parker since 2003 a pretty good pretty good little run i did some work in rochester before that and so kind of a traditional path you go to school st john fisher in rochester get a degree in you went to broadcasting school you went to it was it was a broad communication journalism degree so it was a school in the area in rochester that was you know kind of well known for radio, TV, media. And then I worked at the newspaper in Rochester for a few years after that, did some writing, not out of sports too. And then just wanted to, it's funny. I wanted to move from journalism, from from newspapers to, to radio because I wanted more feedback. I wanted more immediacy, you know, like I want to say something and then I need somebody to tell me if they agree or disagree. Like that's what talk radio is, you know, and that's what you're going for. And now, 20 years later, I sort of have had enough of it. I just I don't want I, <laughs> I don't not, want to always, you know, now now you go to Twitter. If you really mean something, you tweet it, right? right. And I'll, I'll try to flip in a comment or two here and there and try to stay interesting. But um, now, like, everybody's talking and there's so much feedback to, toward in every direction. And I feel like I've got my fill. 
So let me ask you this. What do you think the future of like of sports interactions are from with podcasts and and talk radio? How do you what I mean, you have your reputation. People follow you because they trust your opinion. They trust you. They like they enjoy listening to you. You've become, you know, when they turn on their car and they have to turn on the radio in the car in the afternoon, like you're just basically part of what their routine. So what do you do to keep that fresh? And what you just said is a, a very flooded landscape of, of player takes at this point yeah. and, and just takes in general. Yeah. I'm lucky to have, I think gotten to a point where I don't have to force stuff. You know, I feel like I can be believed. It's always been how I've done it. And so, you know, uh, you just gotta be real, whatever it is. I, I can't deal with these, the shows that are just going <laughs> to, whatever they're going to contrive. I, I know how popular they are. It's just you mean like, so... like the skip and Shannon type of stuff where oh they're just God. right. I mean, which is okay. It's, you know, some people like it. I don't, it's not yeah. my type of stuff, but I understand why people like it. It's a, just a, it's playing in, in my version, my idea of hell. Right? Like just, <laughs> you, you chose. So, I mean, I just, I, my advice would be just be genuine, be yeah. honest, you know, all the time. And I went for being somebody that, wanted to be honest about the bills, which not all, didn't always really help me in terms of popularity because they had a 17 year playoff drought, basically right when I got into radio and that just recently ended. Um, so I, I think in terms of fantasy, Alan, it's very, it, it's really friendly. You know, there's so much uh, like today, I mean, engagement between sites and people. Oh, yeah. And I've really enjoyed that because sports radio can be hostile and like I said, sort of fans can hate you because you're honest and they just are no team. And like, that's just how it is. And it's not always enjoyable, but fantasy, I feel like, you know, I'm sure somebody can give you a hard time about a take, but it's still, it's a way friendlier environment and, you know, in the industry, I think. And I've really enjoyed that. So, I mean, at this point, you're decades into your radio career. I mean, <laughs> you're, does that sound funny to hear that? <laughs> sure. No, it's yeah. right. Yeah, decades in, you're very relaxed. You know, you you got a, a in, in my uh, from my perspective, a very professionally polished voice. You know, I, I've been doing stuff with audio for maybe like four or five years. You know, I've been doing other things in the fantasy space a little bit longer than that. But how, sometimes, you know, it's like when I'm talking on the phone with my friends about fantasy football and we're having these good conversations. Like, I wish this was the tone I could bring to the podcast. I know it's just reps, but how long did it take yeah. you until you were just like? You, you didn't put on these inflections on your voice and like this, and you just kind of just started talking how you're talking, how we're talking right now. Cause I yeah. find myself like putting it on a little bit unintentionally sometimes when I'm in podcast mode. Yeah. I mean, it's not really like, I think I would say a certain amount of time or shows or years or anything. You just get there. It's just a gradual thing. When I started my first days in Buffalo radio were the year 2000 and I had come from writing and I literally wrote my first 20 minutes. Like, that's what I would do. I would get to the station and I would write an essay that I would read, you know, trying to not sound like I'm reading. And so I was getting started in this mm. new job and I had a program director who I can still see him walking by me at the first commercial break. He's like, why did you write all that out? <laughs> like, what, what, are, what are you doing? Like, he, is, he must have been able to tell that I had read it. And he's like, I don't think you need to do that. I said, well, you know, I'll get there. Process. Would, it's, trust yeah, the process. Like, you just, you, everybody says, be prepared. I'm like, well, well, this is how I'll be prepared. I will literally write the show out on this piece of paper and read from it. That's a long time ago now. 
Yeah. And I don't know, you, you just get there, Alan, I think. Um, try to get out of your own head and just talk. Just be yeah. real. No, man, you said it. You said it. And it's it's getting that way for me now. You know, I'm getting some reps and podcasts and some some ch- opportunities on Sirius and things like that. But, uh, you know, Mike, I just enjoy talking to you. I've wanted to have you on the podcast for a long time. Uh, I do appreciate you coming on, man. I, I Mike's podcast links are all in the video or audio description below. Check him out. Some really good takes, just good conversation and, and always good content. So, um, all right, everybody, that's going to be it. We're going to be back next week. Next Thursday, we're going to go live instead of Friday like normally. We're going to have Jax Falcone on. We're going to mix it up a little bit. But, Mike Shope, you did it. You brought the ruckus for us. And... Any questions, send to him. Don't send to me uh, about any of these tactics that we talked about. Good luck in your dynasty leagues. Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat mother of three, and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast.